Welcome to the Hospitality Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Maggie Shin. Travel opens the mind, makes us feel alive, and leaves us with lasting memories. But nobody wants those lasting memories to be a nightmare experience. Threats of political unrest, terrorism, kidnappings, theft, or harm pervade us in many parts of the world, keeping some people from traveling, or at the very least, certainly more tentative and aware. People are changing their travel habits today, and the hospitality industry is responding with more resources and more physical security. Here to talk about safety concerns in travel today, changes in the habits of those travelers, and how the hospitality industry is adapting is Gregory George of the travel blog Follow Summer. Gregory George is founder, editor-in-chief, and chief travel instigator of Follow Summer, a global travel and lifestyle blog based in Canada. Welcome to the podcast, Gregory. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to speak with you this morning. Travel is one of my favorite subjects. I want to know first, how did you get into this business, Gregory? I understand you were a former actor. I was a former actor many, many years ago. Uh, However, uh, in 2003, well, long before there were anything uh, such as travel bloggers, food writers, Facebook, uh, social media, even cell phones, my partner and I sold up our house, uh, our car, left the world of work and traveled around the world for a year. 26 countries in 12 months. That sounds amazing. Well, it wasn't just, you know, a lot of people do say it was vacation, but it was not vacation. Every day you're traveling, experiencing a different country, new currencies, different languages. It was a lot of hard work, but uh, at that point I discovered that I I, I had a, a, a desire to to share the experiential aspects of, of the everyday aspects of our travel life. Uh, the flights, the bottle of wine, the hotel experience, the delays, uh, the, the life flow and ebb of everyday travel. You know, it was not an everyday fun day type of thing. Uh, it was, as I mentioned, a lot of work. I was going to ask you about your first trip ever, but hearing you talk about that, I suppose I should rather ask you, what has been your most impactful travel experience, Gregory? I would say traveling uh, from Singapore to India. Going from Singapore, which is extremely cosmopolitan, air-conditioned, out the wazoo, as I would say. (laughs) Uh, uh, Lots to eat, lots to see. Uh, The next day, arriving in Jaipur uh, to, you know, 50 million people per square inch. Um, The the, the life flow, uh, the ability to see young children who would come up to you, um, not begging, but asking, requesting, uh, in a positive, supportive, lovely way. We felt during that time that 
we wanted to help everybody. Uh, we were in India for two weeks and we quickly realized that we were there for a nanosecond of their, their time, their lives. We could not help everybody. We could not change their lives. So we quickly resorted to plan B, which was to um, give, give a rupee, uh, buy a Pepsi, buy some gum from people in order just to allow them to move to the next steps of their lives. And it was very life-changing. What were some of the biggest safety concerns you had while traveling? Well, I think traveling today is very different than it was in 2004, 2005. Uh, There is, of course, the daily safety concerns of, you know, having your day pack ripped open or uh, leaving your passport somewhere, having your money stolen. However, we had a different mindset with traveling uh, in 2004. We traveled to Bali and Seminyak very shortly after the bombings there uh, that, that were targeting Australians. Uh, also, the, the Madrid bombings, I don't know if you remember the Madrid train bombings in 2004. We, were, we arrived in Madrid, uh, Spain, about four months after the Madrid bombings. People were warning us not to travel to these locations. We were thinking, well, you live only once. If the gods do tell you that it is your time to go, it is your time to go. However, you should not travel with fear. You should not travel with, with trepidation. You need to go and experience these, these locations uh, and the people in these locations uh, and, and contribute to their lives, contribute to the rebuilding of their lives, um, however minute it may be. Uh, we did not know the, the, the term terrorism at that time. Uh, there was a bombing in Seminyak in Bali. Uh, so terrorism was not really, really on the, uh, on the radar, shall we call it, at that time. There were other times, uh, traditional scams, where people would, would try and lure you into their bar and, um, you know, take you, take... Uh, uh, take your money and run, essentially, demanding uh, a lot of money. And this was in Istanbul, where where we foolishly let our guard down and thought we would go to a, a bar that ended up being um, uh, Russian-backed. And uh, it was, uh, uh, they demanded a lot of money to have some young women come and sit with us and uh, drink very expensive uh, drinks. We quickly removed ourselves from that situation and uh, jotted it down in our in our memory book as one other option to keep our eyes open for in the future. All, all these years later, Gregory, how have you seen in the past and how have you seen now hotels, resorts, Airbnb, the hospitality industry adapting and trying to maintain safety in this climate? I would say that it's it's been ramped up significantly. I remember being in Paris two years ago at Christmas time, uh, and it was I would say six or seven months after the Paris bombings, 
we every every store you went into, whether it was large or small, had security, had wands. They would check your bags. They wanted to make sure that you were not carrying any explosives or anything that could disrupt the lives of Parisians as they had happened uh, six or eight months pre previous to that. Paris is a, is a location that we would travel to, I would say, twice a year. It's a favorite place that we go to. We were, we were shocked at the level of security that was uh, being overlaid in the daily experience of uh, the Parisians and tourists in particular. Hotels, very much the same. Uh, they would, uh, I remember in Thailand, uh, where uh, local Thais, if they were coming into the hotel, uh, whether they uh, were, in some cases, sex trade workers, but mostly local Thais who were coming into the hotels to have lunch or to um, have a drink or to meet some, some tourists were asked to leave their green cards, their identity cards, uh, with security, check in with them, uh, and pick up their cards as they left. So certainly there has been a ramp up. Certainly there has been uh, um, a focus on, on safety and concerns. You know, you do keep your eyes and ears open, as I said, on a daily basis, and experience, especially for experienced travelers. But if somebody is on their honeymoon and they're traveling to a, a location where they have never experienced that in the past, it can be quite jarring for them. With that being said, have you seen a shift in the way travelers are traveling? What I mean by that, where they're going or what they're doing. Um, have you noticed a change over the years, Gregory? Absolutely. I know that uh, uh, some people are... are are choosing not to travel to specific places, uh, whether it be Turkey, Istanbul, or Egypt, uh, even to North America, uh, because of you know uh, passport controls or potential discrimination. Uh, they are monitoring um, you know travel websites where they may be on this location may be on a bucket list uh, of of locations to travel to but they're choosing not to travel there. Uh, and Turkey is a favorite place that I would travel to. I am not prepared, unfortunately, because of what is going on there. Um, uh, politically, uh, to put myself at risk to, for a destination that I would, I would uh, love to visit again. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we do see uh, tourism declines. Um, um, you know, due to, uh, you know, gun violence or political chaos or whatever you have, uh, uh, the experienced traveler is even choosing to not travel to these locations because of, of the threats that they perceive. Uh, governments are also not encouraging them to travel uh, to these locations, um, you know, uh, for many reasons. Uh, uh, Morocco is, you know, interesting enough for the LGBT traveler who are out there. They're also being very selective to the countries that they are traveling to. I uh, recently did a piece on, on LGBT travel uh, to Morocco 
And I, I spoke to two very well-known travel uh, companies, uh, Journey Inside and Out Adventures. And they talked about, about safety measures that are put in place by these, these companies to ensure that LGBT travelers uh, feel safe in, in, uh, in, in those countries. And it comes down to very basic things like, you know, uh, courtesy and respect and, um, you know, uh, religious respect, uh, you know, perhaps even uh, when you're in Bali to, uh, you know, you must cover yourself when you go to the temples. So very basic things like that uh, will allow you to travel safely without harm in those countries. But there are a number of countries, as I mentioned, from 2004 even, that Unfortunately, I feel I cannot return to uh, due to safety. In your experience, is the tourism industry, is the hospitality industry adjusting to this? Gregory, where is there room for improvement? And I guess, what have you seen thus far? Uh, the hospitality industry as a whole, I think, is is improving their, their process in the sense that, that they are, they are um, cre creating research websites so that you can go and, and do some research on, on the, um, I would say, the, the danger level, let's call it, of a certain country or a destination. Uh, I would not say the hotel industry is as, as far along as... Uh, I personally would like them to be. Um, I would think that there, uh, for you know, the experiential traveler, the traveler who is not looking to stay at a chain hotel, who wants to have a a great experience, uh, uh, but at a, a lower scale or a smaller scale. And I'm not talking budget travelers. Unfortunately, the 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 hotel industry has not joined the ranks of, of, let's call it secure travel. Uh, the airlines certainly have, as we know, we're talking about, you know, lo long lineups uh, at the airports currently. Um, I know that there are, um, there are uh, organizations that actually uh, train um, aid workers in, um, in, in security training, um, there's a Canadian author and aid worker by the name of John Miller who enrolled in uh, a travel security training uh, course uh, in Sussex, England, uh, geared to aid workers and journalists, not to your everyday traveler. And it was interesting because he saw a course outline before uh, that contained, you know, sessions titled uh, Ballistic Awareness landmines and IEDs and worrisome of all he said you know kidnapping for ransom um, so you know the rise of travel risk and crisis management companies designed to meet these duty of care requirements is really on the rise there are organizations out there that um, serve corporations governments academic and institutions and NGOs, um, you know, deploying uh, 
special operations personnel and boots on the ground response for large scale medical and security evacuations. That just boggles my mind. And while I see it happening for, you know, aid organizations and NGOs, the everyday traveler will not have access to those types of services. So you really, really, really do have to keep your eyes and ears open. Um, and, and again, gone are the days when, you know, you could stick your thumb out and hitchhike down a road uh, to, uh, uh, in Greece, for example. Um, and I do remember uh, uh, in uh, 2004, we did a tour of Turkey and it was wonderful, uh, safe. We were with a group of about eight or ten people. And I remember taking um, a the last group of four who were leaving the tour to the Syrian border. They were continuing on to Egypt, uh, but they had to cross through Syria. And just like out of a movie, there was, we brought them to this sand-swept, you know, wind-filled gate that opened up and they walked through into the into this sandstorm essentially with their gear on their back and we kind of said goodbye goodbye and the gate closed and they disappeared and i remember getting back on the bus at that moment thinking oh you know syria is not so bad you know they're 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 traveling to egypt they will be a couple of hours in syria but then i thought I never heard or saw those people again. I didn't think anything of it then. I think I would think a lot about it now in this day and age. What are your thoughts or expectations for future travel, Gregory? Do you think any of these safety concerns, any of these trends we've talked about will change? If so, um, what do you expect? Oh, I wish, I wish, Maggie, I could say that, that, you know, in five, ten years, the world will be at peace and harmony and that we will, we will all be shaking each other's hands and welcoming us across each other's borders. But I, I don't think that is going to happen. I, I sadly, <laughs> sadly don't think that, that, um, the way people have traveled in the past will continue to travel in the future. I think it's going to be more organized. I think there's going to be less solo travel. Uh, I think there's going to be less solo female travel. That is a huge, huge component component of, of, of what I see in my peer group. Um, women traveling alone to countries uh, where they support each other, uh, where they are able to link up in countries where there may be difficulties. Uh, but I, 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 I hope that there will always be uh, a grassroots and an experiential part of the travel world that will, will still want to, you know, reach out and touch that, you know, coal-eyed child being held by its mother traveling across some vast Indian plain with, with her mother's red sari cascading out behind her in the wind. What do you think that means for the hospitality industry as a whole, the travel industry, um, 
travel blogs like your own, uh, places to stay, the tourism industry. What do you think that means for all of that? I think we will not be focused so much on the experiential aspect of traveling, but uh, personally, I think it's going to be about um, uh, alerts and warning. You know, you would refer to follow summer for uh, traveling to India, traveling to to you know Petra to see uh, to see those beautiful you know monuments in Jordan about travel warnings and the top of my blog post will be you know if you're traveling between september and november please be aware of these issues all right well that's all the time we have thank you gregory for coming on today it's been a pleasure my pleasure maggie as well and thank you everyone for listening to today's hospitality podcast if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Maggie Shin. See you next time.